You're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about boundaries within relationships. It may not sound like it, but boundaries can be very healthy. Absolutely. Let's get started. Episode 11. Don't say. You know, 10 was really exciting. And other than my really long day at this point, I feel like I should be more excited about the number 11. It's exciting. I'm happy that we're at 11. But it just doesn't feel as as exciting as 10. Or well, maybe sort of like me. starting uh, over again a little bit. Yeah. But this is a natural, but given the topics, this is a natural progression of where we've been the past few weeks with mm-hmm. love and forgiveness. Yeah. And now boundaries. So, and, and, I, and boundaries is important. And, and, and I like, if I'm being honest, I like that we are sort of wrapping up relationships with the idea of boundaries. And, you know, I say that, um, you know, you were saying before, um, before we started recording that we have to kind of be careful because, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the podcast is being careful sort of with the lines or boundaries as you, as you could use, um, interchangeably there. I mean, we, and, and so now we're kind of trying to decide, you know, there are boundaries that, that sort of need to be put in place, but how, what does that look like? Yeah. There, there have probably been different times over past episodes where we've talked about, um, barriers that get built up. Mm-hmm. Between us and other people, people who don't look like us, who don't think like us, who don't act like us. And, you know, we've talked about, I think, breaking some of those barriers down. So in some ways, eliminating boundaries. So I think we'll get back to there, but that is not what we're talking about. No, We're, we're not talking about that. So we'll... I th- hopefully we'll do a good job of distinguishing between those two, but I think we want to start in with a natural evolution of moving from in talking about relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, relationships and, and love sort of being the fuel of relationships. And then, you know, last week really enjoyed last week, yeah. uh, talking about forgiveness. There's so much there. And I think we could, I know we went a little long, but we could have gone even longer oh, yeah. because you know, relationships, um, you know, we talked about how really what we're saying when we say forgiveness is we're just talking about ways to process negative things in our past Mm -hmm. that, you know, things relationally that have happened between us and other people or or things that we've done. Um, and, and so that I think naturally leads us to this idea of boundaries as, okay, here is one of an additional tool to process, uh, relational difficulty because yeah. if we're if we're building a boundary it probably means that something has gone off the rails in some kind of way yeah yeah more than likely and uh, you know I, I think about bound whenever we like we, we do an episode I maybe I don't even know subconsciously but I definitely think about myself And, you know, what I do in those situations, like last week, I I really thought about, you know, how do I, you know, how do I do forgiveness in my life and, you know, how do I respond to that? Um, And boundaries was an interesting one because, you know, I am a, and maybe this is too much information, I guess, but um, I I am a very much a, I can easily cut people off. Yeah. I, I, and you're stone cold killer. I very, very much so. And, and my dad would attest to that. Not, not that I've done that to him, but it has, it has, you know, I view that for me, I just view that as easier. 
um, to just, you know, all right, we're done. It's over. Get me out of here. Um, I don't have time for you. you. You you hurt me or you're not adding value to my life. Therefore, you're a waste. So you're all about this boundaries. You're like, okay, tell me who can be dead to me and then essentially let's do it. Yeah, and 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 that's that's not healthy. That I'll, can't be right, right? Yeah, <laughs> it can't, it's, be, a, it's it can't defi- be a good thing. I definitely wouldn't say that that's the healthiest way to go about it because it has I don't think that that leaves room for compassion or grace. And, 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 and yet again, you have to be careful with that sometimes because that can, I think that li- those things can push limits too far, Yeah. Um, which I'm sure at some point we're going to get into, but well, God wants us to grow. Yeah. Right. I, I sort of throw that out there as like, it's, uh, you know, assume that that's a good, but I, I think God wants us to grow and, and God challenges us or at least that that's what I've experienced in my life. And so part of the struggle here is it's like, well, you know, do I need to keep that person in my life? Mm -hmm. You know, do, do do I, you know, cut ties with that person when the going gets tough Mm -hmm. because that'll make my life easier? Or is God trying to teach me something through this relationship? Yeah. Right. So I think this this is a really good one to talk about because I don't know that there's There's a quick and easy answer. And you know, here's what that says to me, Roman. Mm -hmm. That says to me that what we're talking about here, because of the nuance that's involved, that says to me that boundaries are a function of wisdom. That boundaries, it is an exercise in wisdom as to when, how, where, and to what extent we create boundaries in relationships, which means we're not going to be able to give you a one size fits all. Oh, okay. When somebody steals from you, right. Then you, if the, if it's under $200, uh, you, you, you know, you forgive them and you reconcile. If it's over $200, you cut them off and you never speak to them again. Right. Like it, Again, like I said last week, forgiveness is not, a, you know, the Bible's not like a math book. Forgiveness is not a math equation. Same thing with boundaries. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it, it works that way. But, um, but I think wisdom can help guide us into determining where it's healthy to create a, a boundary. Yeah. Where it's healthy to create some distance. Mm-hmm. And where maybe God, I mean, we're sort of speaking for God here, but in our own experience, maybe God is calling us deeper into, you know, or calling us to lean into whatever this is yeah, um, to, to try to change it. And there's, you know, there's a couple of different examples with a couple of different, there's a lot of different examples in scriptures. I think we're probably going to get, get into Proverbs because there's some examples in Proverbs of this, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like that, um, one of the ways that going back to forgiveness, if we're starting with forgiveness, mm-hmm. one of the ways that boundaries are, are helpful is let's go to kind of the most extreme example. If someone is abusive, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody is abusive, if they're, if they're verbally abusive, certainly if they're physically abusive, if somebody is abusive and you know, you get into a pattern where you, 
you know, you want to forgive that person, but you realize that there is something systemic about your relationship where they are going to continue to be abusive, Mm. then there needs to be a time, you know, with everybody sort of having to, again, I can't make the decision for anybody and you can't make the decision for anybody, but there likely will come a time when a decision needs to be made to create a boundary with this person for your own health, maybe even for your own safety, Mm -hmm. that boundaries need to be created. And I don't think that makes you a bad person. I don't think that makes you a bad Christian. I think you are exercising wisdom in in separating yourself from that person. Yeah, definitely. There there has to be at some point, and I think people can or some someone might say, oh, that's judging somebody. And and right. I think that we need to take a moment and address that. There's a big difference between, you know, looking at someone and judging them based off of one or two things. And there's another thing. Uh, and there, I mean, there's another way of looking at it and saying, OK, this is past history. This is what they've done to me continuously have they shown any signs of doing something differently? That's not judging them. That's called, I mean, maybe this is me saying it too plainly, but that's called being intelligent. Right. Um, wisdom. Wisdom. You're, you're, exactly. You're, you're, you're exercising wisdom. Exactly. And, and I don't even think it necessarily is judgment. It may look or feel like judgment to them if you exactly. have to say, look, I, I, it's just not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. However you deliver that message. Right. You know, it's, ju- it's, it's just, um, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, anybody who has j- just another example that I think we can probably all relate to, if not personally, at least we can understand this, is anybody who has either struggled with addiction or has anybody in their family who struggled with addiction absolutely understands the concept of boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, not, not only for the addict, because, you know, d- depending on, you know, how, how, how the addict is, is working, uh, through, and I don't, I don't use that term lightly. Um, I mean, you know, somebody who, is dealing with something significant in their life that is is negatively impacting their life. I mean, we all have addictions in our own ways, but I'm talking about something where it is severely impacting their life in a negative way mm-hmm. that those folks absolutely need to draw boundaries in their own lives, but what ends up happening is the is the the families and the friends uh, of those people end up many times needing to draw boundaries as well, you know, in in terms of, uh, you know, uh, providing, uh, providing money, providing other types of support. Maybe you're willing to provide certain types of support, but you can't provide money or you can't put this person, you have to draw a boundary because you don't want to put this person in a position where they're going to be, you know, more likely uh, to, to relapse or to, or to be in a, put themselves in a bad situation. Again, I think what we're doing, I'll probably end up coming back to this like 20 times, yeah. is we're trying to use wisdom. Yeah. We're trying to use what we have learned about a situation and we're trying to do the most loving thing. Mm-hmm. I think that is the difference with the judgment. Yeah. That's the difference from it being judgment. You are actually trying to create the most love in the situation. And as I said in forgiveness last week, you can forgive somebody and never speak to them again. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's ideal, but I think that is yeah. that's possible. Yeah. And and I, I think that there also needs to be an understanding that... Um, yeah, when we're talking about boundaries in this episode, we are going to talk about, you know, some extreme instances to, to be able to 
you know, make our point more solid to give it a foundation, but the boundaries doesn't to, to set a boundary doesn't mean kind of like what you were saying. doesn't always mean that like you never talk to them again. No boundaries. Boundaries doesn't always mean that it is solid set in stone can never change. Boundaries have an opportunity to, to move and, and to become different over time based off of yet again, the wisdom that you're using to be able to discern, you know, what their actions are. If that person has turned over a new leaf, but I, but I also, you know, I, I, I'm going to come back to that. I promise. I'm, I'm, and I'm probably going in a completely different direction. No, you're but, fine. But I, I want, I, I want us to, to, to definitely address that it is absolutely okay to set a boundary right for you. Like that's not a, I, I think that that is yet again, if, if it's done out of love and discernment with wisdom, right. That that's okay. And right. we need to make sure that people know that that's okay. Well, I like what you said. It could, the building the boundary can be for the purpose. We talked about last week that the ideal level of forgiveness is this total reconciliation and restoration. Mm-hmm. The boundary could actually be created so that there can be time and space for trust to be rebuilt. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But but there needs to be distance for time yeah. so that somebody so in other words once somebody breaks trust with you that by creating a boundary you are giving them some time and space to prove themselves to you mm-hmm. that to to earn back trust. Yeah. And I don't mean that in um you know, I, I don't mean that in, in a way like you'd mentioned last week, you know, that you're lording it over over somebody like, well, you you just better keep working hard or you're never going to rebuild my trust. I don't oh, mean yeah. it in that way at all. Mm-hmm. I just mean that you're giving the situation some time, time to heal, um, some time uh, for, like I said, for trust to be rebuilt and for mm-hmm. forgiveness to yeah. happen. Because as we talked about last week. It's a process. Well, yeah, right? it and, takes time. And time is valuable. And, and, and I think that sometimes we don't, you know, value time as much within, you know, relationships as we probably should to have an understanding of how important time can be time together, time apart. Um, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I mean, that's, that's a true statement. Um, it also isn't the, the greatest thing. It's also not that much fun sometimes, but you know, when I, when I was dating slash also engaged to my wife currently, um, it was completely long distance the whole time. I was, I say the whole time, almost the whole time I was in Kentucky and she was in Texas and that's, and we were 12 hours apart. And so that time apart, um, did, I mean, it wasn't always fantastic. I mean, it's, it's really nice to be with the person that you love, but what it did do is it allowed us to find better ways and creative ways to communicate. Um, you had to communicate even more often than normal just because of not, not that there were trust issues, but, but you know, because you, you want to give comfort, you, you, you want them to feel secure in, in anything and everything that you're doing. Right. Not because, you know, she thought that not that there was any lack of trust either way, but you don't want to even give the, the opportunity for that to kind of creep right. in. Well, right? you're early in relationship too. Right. So it's a, it's the, it's the combination of long distance and being very, very early on. Yeah. So what, what boundaries can create is that opportunity for desire 
within a relationship. And, 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 I don't, and interesting. No, I like that. And, and so desire is, um, can be very powerful, uh, because within that desire creates pursuit and being able to pursue someone, um, you need to be able to do that health in, in a healthy manner, or it kind of, you know, it can become really weird and awkward and you're, you know, it could be sending signals or doing things that are unnecessary or, not even what that person really wants, right? And so out of that, you know, the boundary that was created, right? Let's right. Just, we'll, we'll go there. And, and it was created out of love and discernment for, you know, at one point to, to hopefully, and I'm not saying that every boundary needs to be this way, but the boundary that we're currently talking about is maybe hopefully there's a chance uh, for reconciliation for there potentially at some point for a relationship to be able to happen again. And that boundary can be created for that. And it's going to be tough because tough love is not fun most of the time. Yeah. But that does, but that, that boundary and that absence and that distance, um, creates that desire to hopefully, um, be better. Yeah. For, for whoever that boundary is for. Now this is, you're, you're taking me a little bit off track here, but I just, no, no, I, I remembered this and it, it blew my mind when I heard it, but it was somebody talking about the original concept of, of a chaperone Mm -hmm. of, you know, this was in the olden days when, you know, you would court formally. Um, and what, what they would do is when, when, uh, you know, young man and young woman would go out together, Mm -hmm. there would be this third person, like not, not a parent. It would be like a third person who would literally be there with, in between them, oh, sort of like observing them to make sure, I don't know, they didn't get too close. They didn't right. do what, you know, act like they weren't supposed to act, do what they weren't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But what, what, um, the person I, I heard talking about this, I think it was, uh, Pete Rollins, mm-hmm. um, who's just a fa- fantastic writer and, um, and, and theologian and philosopher. And he talked about how that the chaperone, the function of the chaperone, you'd think that, oh, they're just there to keep them from hooking up, right? right. Yeah. But that actually the function of the chaperone was to create the desire because they weren't able to, because it created a boundary. Yeah. The chaperone created the boundary and it was the fact that the person was out of reach that mm. actually intensified the desire. Yeah. And ever since he presented it that way, I thought, wow, that is a very bizarre way of thinking about it, but it does make sense. And it, what you said absolutely reminds me of that. So um, we're, we're not talking necessarily about that same type of romantic desire, but we are talking about how these boundaries um, can function. I wanted to see if we could go back, Roman, and yeah. just think a little bit more to, to tie forgiveness and boundaries together. I was thinking about this, you know, if you, we, we talked about self-forgiveness, I think at the, yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, yeah. of the podcast about how difficult it can be. Um, when, when you, when you've screwed up and, and you know it and, and you've hurt people close to you, mm-hmm. um, how it can be very, very difficult to forgive yourself. Um, it'd be difficult to ask others for forgiveness you know, it, it's yeah. hard. It's a hard thing. Yeah. But one of the things that I think forgiveness can do is it can be that type of forgiveness that, that we have to either ask for ourselves, that we experience ourselves, or that we struggle with ourselves, is that it can be a wisdom teacher for us mm-hmm. because we know, like, we do not want to go down that road again. Yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like definitely. it can be, 
the way that it makes you feel to have to ask for forgiveness or to be in that place where you don't know if you can forgive yourself, that can be such an incredible teacher the next time you're sort of on the precipice of making a decision. Mm-hmm. And that's where the boundaries, that's one place a boundary can come in. I know oh, yeah. that's not exactly how we've been describing boundaries, but sure. I think that is a way that you can tie forgiveness mm-hmm. um, into boundaries because the types of behavior, that's what we're saying. When, when forgiveness, again, we're talking about processing negative things that happened in the past. Yeah. And then what are we trying to do? We're trying to, through wisdom, to try to avoid those things in the future. Yeah. Avoid those that we're not going to be able to avoid every bad thing that comes along, but we hope, I think ideally that we're better prepared Mm -hmm. and and maybe we can avoid certain things. I know as a dad, I try to teach my kids, uh, you know, I try to set up boundaries for them, but I try to explain them because I say, you know, these are for the purpose of, I want you not to have to learn things, you know, the way I, the way I did. Right. Mm -hmm. And we all know how that goes, right? Right. (laughs) What's the difference between getting the lesson from your parent versus figuring out on your own after, after messing up? Yeah. You know, it, it kind of reminds me, I, I worked at a uh, foster care slash rehabilitation center. um, And I was actually where I was when I met Lauren and I, I worked in this is this a large campus they had you know, I think maybe around 100 kids um, I, I think I could be I, I don't know it was somewhere maybe in that ballpark maybe 50 to 100 that's what I'll say and um, I specifically worked in a cottage and so kids lived and stayed there and um, I was one of the people that worked in the cottage with um, uh, sexually maladaptive youth um, and that was the program. And so basically what had happened was they had offenses, um, that were sexual in nature, right. And they were at this rehabilitation place to one receive therapy, um, for the things that they had done, but also the things that had been done to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so every, actually every case that we had in our cottage, um, they, uh, had been sexually abused themselves. I can also say that there wasn't a kid in this cottage that was over the age of 13. Wow, And so it was very eye-opening for me because up until this point, I had only been in like, you know, quote, church youth ministry. Right, and right. so to work with these youth, it was, it was incredible. I mean, I, I learned so much and there were, there were rules, right? There were several rules that went along with the program that they were in. The first and foremost rule that they learned was boundaries yeah. and they had to stay at least one arm's length away from any person at any given time. Yeah. And obviously there were, there were some obvious reasons for that. Um, one was so that obviously they, there was very little physical interaction between each other because that could stimulate some things and that's not where we're trying to go while we're going through therapy. Um, one of that, one of the things that that also allowed for was as people that worked there, if we needed to, we were allowed to break that boundary if we felt necessary. Now, one of the reasons why that was allowed was because it was we we were able to use that as a teaching moment for healthy physical contact. Right. And so it's it's one of the things that I really enjoy about our talk with boundaries is is that story right there because that boundary for them, one, like I said earlier, created 
a desire for physical contact, but when they did and were able to receive it, it was in a teaching moment to have an understanding of what it was supposed to be like, yeah. the right way to go about it. And I think that as, and, and maybe I am going way off on the deep end here and I hope that I'm no, not I'm tracking with you, go but ahead. I think as, as I'm going to say, quote church people, um, and, or Christians or whatever, or, or, or however you want to say it. Right. But I'm going to say as a, as a body of believers, as the church in general, that is something that I think we're not very good at. We're really good at creating boundaries and saying, um, and, and like maybe AKA a part of this cancel culture. Um, but at the same time, when we decide to maybe break that boundary ourselves, we don't use it as a teaching moment. We just do it because we feel like it. And so we say, no boundary here, boundary here, boundary there, but we don't, we just say boundary and there's no learning from it. It's just, get over it. And, and I, I wish, and yet again, maybe I'm going off on the deep end here on this boundary thing, but I, 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 I want us to be able to understand that like boundaries doesn't necessarily have to stick within just, you know, this scheme of, I say scheme, just the idea of like a relationship that kind of we've been talking about boundaries can extend way further into that. And, and, and that's, if we're being honest, we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus reaching out and building all these relationships. So maybe it just falls right in the line, but I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, this is, so let's go ahead and, and park there for a minute, dealing with the difference between creating boundaries and obstacles to people that you know, people were trying to reach, people were trying to connect with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that is something I think right before the podcast started, I was mentioning, you, you think about Jesus as a, as a boundary breaker or boundary crosser. I, the, the first example that came to mind for me was uh, John chapter four, you know, Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well, mm-hmm. where he's literally, you know, he's crossing you know, into Samaria, you know, yeah. he's, 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 he's a, a, a Jewish person going through Samaria. And then he's alone speaking to a Samaritan, speaking to a woman alone, asking her to do something. I mean, he's, he's crossing sort of every cultural boundary and she's, you know, of this questionable past. She's married. She's got five marriages. Is she married? She's not married. Um, so much so that when his disciples come back, they're like, uh, what's going on, Jesus? <laughs> right. Like, wh- what's going on here? Because we we know if we look back at the Old Testament, there's a bunch of different examples of guys meeting women at a well, and usually that meant like something was about to happen, like they were about to get hitched or mm-hmm. something was going. So just even this setup for a Jewish audience, you know, Jesus breaking all kinds of boundaries here. So I mean, there's an example, and then you could also go into Acts, and you can look at. Uh, you could look at Peter and Cornelius with the with the vision. Oh yeah. Um, you look at Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just examples and examples of these of boundaries, boundaries, boundaries being broken. So when it comes to reaching out to other people, when it comes to reaching out uh, to people that don't look like us, that don't act like us, that don't believe like us, people of different tribes, mm-hmm. people of different religions, whatever it is, then. I almost think we should start from the proposition of questioning boundaries. And and I would say that that's even probably the right posture in relationships is that if we're going to be the one throwing up a boundary, we should probably stop and really consider whether that is useful or helpful mm-hmm. in light of some of these other things we've talked about in light of love, yeah. in, in, in light of, w- of wisdom. But if we are dealing with somebody with whom 
we have a, a, a just years and years of experience. And we know that every time we interact with this person, within 15 minutes into the conversation, they are going to say something. You know, they're going to say something negative or hurtful or abusive and that it's going to be ringing in your head for the next three weeks until you see them again. Yeah. Then at that point you can start to use your intelligence and use your wisdom and realize, okay, look, this relationship is not working in this way. It, the healthy thing for me to do is to draw a boundary. I think so. I'm sorry for talking so long. It's just oh, that, good, that those are two completely different scenarios yeah. in, in my mind. So I, I want to make sure it doesn't seem like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. It's like, how, how can you, um, how can you draw boundaries, but at the, at the same time want to be, you know, reaching out and, and knocking down, um, knocking down boundaries. Um, one other thing is just that in our own lives, I think it ends up being very important for us to draw boundaries in, in order to protect the people that we love yeah, and to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like there are times when I have to shut off my phone, yeah. right? Or shut down my email or say no to a client or to, to something because it's not the best thing for my family, you know, or no on to a pickleball. Or no to pickleball. <laughs> Sorry. I had to throw that in there at some point. Since you've been playing pickleball all day, I get it's it's top of it's top of mind. But sometimes you have to make those decisions, right? Otherwise, yeah. you might be so worn out you can't even get through a, a one hour podcast. Yeah, I, I'm feeling it right now. It's the truth. It's funny though because what you're saying is like absolutely true. Like I am. I have before I got married, I had lived on my own for like eight years and my wife, I don't know if she's ever just lived by herself, like in her own place by herself. And so this transition for her was obviously, obviously some difference because she's we're married now. But right. for me, you know, going from nobody to somebody has, I mean, I've been able to do whatever I wanted. I just go wherever, eat whatever I wanted. That one specifically, eat whatever I wanted. Right. right. Uh, um, and never had to ask anybody. Never. I mean, it was whatever, and it was, and I loved it. Obviously, every. I mean, that freedom is incredible. Everybody would enjoy that for the most part, right? Right. And what's so funny? Unless is, you're indecisive and you need somebody to tell you what to eat. Exactly. But I don't have that problem ever. <laughs> and uh, um, and anyway, what's what's so interesting is that I was a I was scared. I was so scared that I was we you know I was gonna you know Lauren and I were gonna start living together after we got married, and I was just gonna like I was just gonna start I don't know, not I, hating is the, absolutely the wrong word, but like just um, not enjoying being able to or, or, or having to like. I don't know, feel like I have to answer to her or give her whatever. Right, right. And I was so afraid of that. And and I'll be honest, there were times when it was frustrating because I want to just do whatever I wanted to do. But the overwhelming majority of the time, it has never, it has not really ever bothered me to just say, no, I'm going to go spend time with my wife. And that boundary that I was afraid of, the boundary that I was, that I was so scared of because... I thought it was going to maybe create some cracks in our relationship. It's actually just made it stronger because for me, it's like, oh, 
Like it was even more of a realization of how much I actually like how much I love her and spend right. love spending time with her and like those other things like pickleball, which may sound ridiculous. If you don't know what it is, you can YouTube. It's the fastest growing sport in America. Um, it's pretty fantastic, but you know, like n- like not needing to go do that right. sounds kind of ridiculous, but just for me has just even like given me even more assurance that like I'm absolutely with the woman that like I want to be with. Because, oh, that's so sweet. Right, yeah. That one was specifically for you, Lauren. <laughs> now she better listen. <laughs> if she listens. No, she definitely does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I love that you say that because boundaries can absolutely be so beneficial and crucial to the relationships that you have with people that you love. You know, we, we got, we've gone back to Genesis a bunch of times. Uh, you just made me think about, I mean, what was the Sabbath? What was the seventh day mm. other than yeah. a God, I'll say imposed, a God strongly suggested boundary to say, look, work, but then you also need to rest. Yeah, Like you need to rest. If you don't rest, it's not going to be good for you. It's mm-hmm. not healthy. Yeah to work without end and to not rest. So, you know, God was leading by example and in the scripture, you know, that's what the the Jewish people were supposed to do. So from there, let's talk about, you know, a couple of other, because I don't want people to just think we're making up this concept of boundaries. Right. I mean, I I guess I just gave a Genesis example, you know, from the first couple of chapters. Um, But like, I think about this one too, and I think this one is literal, but also metaphorical. Proverbs 5 really it's like Proverbs 5 6 7 there's all this uh this there's all this talking you know I, I guess it's you know maybe Solomon or attributed to Solomon or the teacher it's it's talking uh, you know specifically it's talking about the wayward woman right mm-hmm. but um you know it, it like I said it can also serve as a metaphor as well for creating boundaries and what uh, what the the writer says is this is Proverbs five seven and eight. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her house. Do not go near the door of her house. And there's this long, uh, you know, explanation of of what the what the teacher observes mm-hmm. of of these you know young men sort of like going through the streets and. And, you know, being wooed in by these women and, and this is creating all these problems in their life and what's going to happen when their husband comes home and all, all, the, right. all these things. But I think one of the takeaways from this passage is just that the teacher, the, the more experienced person is saying from a, from a place of wisdom, look, there are things that might be enticing there are things that, you know, and, and here are all the different ways that, that you can be drawn in. But you need to create boundaries for yourself in, in yeah. those situations. And if you don't, you are going to experience deep regret. And that's, and again, I don't read this so much as a command as it is, I mean, it's part of the wisdom literature, as it's just wisdom. I mean, how many times has that happened to us where, you know, we've been taken in by something that appeared to be a good idea, you know, hey, this seems like a good idea to buy this thing or to do this thing or to go to this place. And then it turned out to be empty. Mm-hmm. And, and and it we can learn from things like that or, or, or a relationship. Yeah. It looked like, but it, it turned out to be empty. 
we can learn from that and we can draw boundaries so that the next time we're not hopefully as easily taken in or we remind ourselves. That's, that can actually be the boundary is that we're reminding ourselves of what we had to go through last time, what we went through last time, what it did to us, what it meant in terms of forgiveness, how it impacted us, how it impacted people around us. And then that helps us build the boundary um, to avoid that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that's good stuff because I, as a youth minister, I, one of the things that I wish I could just like, you know, if you ever could just like, you could tell a kid something and you wish that they would just like absorb it and it would just be a part of their life. Like, I mean, I don't have kids, but I imagine that you right. as a dad, there are times when you wish you could just tell your son imprinted on them and they they'll do it. Right. And yeah. so one of those things that I really wish that I could just do with kids and not, I'm not like specifically calling out kids where at where I'm at now, but just in general is like the idea of friend choices and being able to you know, start to disconnect yourself or find a way to set boundaries within your friend groups or people that you are with at school. And, you know, I obviously that, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a lot of people that are listening to our podcast that are probably under the age of 18. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't translate into the workplace or friends that you you currently have, right? Like your, your, your friend choices for the most part, yeah, you, you kind of grow up and you get some wisdom like we're talking about or that, like we've talked about before, but they tend to not drastically change over time because you, you, I mean, you're, you're, you, you, you may grow in some things, you may, you know, get different interests or whatever, which kind of create different opportunities for different people to hang out with. So in that thought, you know, your interests, you know, can at times create boundaries without you even really thinking about it. Um, and so you can, a, a big way to even consider interests um, or boundaries in of, and of itself are what are your interests? What are you interested in? What are the things that you do on a regular basis that, you know, I'm not going to get into that. If somebody could describe you in one word, what would they say? And like, I don't know. I, I asked my youth group that the other day and, and I, but I also wanted to make sure that I said, I don't, I don't think that, you know, because overwhelmingly growing up for me, it was you, they should say that you're a Christian. Like that should be the answer. And if they don't say that you're a Christian, then you're probably not doing it right. right. Um, and I don't know that I agree with that because I use the idea of the fruits of the spirit. If someone described you as loving um, or having joy or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control, if anyone described you as any of those things, mm -hmm. that's amazing. That's incredible. And, and, and I would say that you're doing this whole Christian thing right. Now, within that, I, I think that if someone is describing you in that way, you have probably set some pretty solid boundaries for yourself that they understand. Um, and that doesn't mean that you've cut a whole bunch of people off. That doesn't mean that you don't talk to so-and-so or that doesn't mean that you, you know, you're judgy or even that you come off as this like, quote, Jesus freak, that just means that you have your interests and your priorities in a place that I think that they should be. And that in of itself can create boundaries that are so healthy. 
and necessary. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about this for a second. I think, number one, if somebody describes you with any of those um, adjectives, mm-hmm. you're loving, you're joyful, you're peaceful, you're kind, you're patient, yep. you have self-control, you're gentle, um, I think that actually it makes you a, a nice human being to be around, right? Absolutely. It, it may also... It may also mean that you're a Christian, but sure. My, I guess one point is that there are a lot of Christians who unfortunately would not be described with those adjectives. No, absolutely. I just want to acknowledge no, that. No, that's true. So, that's I mean, I know true. we have, I'm not trying to <laughs> bust your chops. I'm just saying we no, have an, we have an ideal, yeah. right? And we would like there to be sort of a one-to-one ratio between what the ideal is and what people perceive it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of Christians or people who call themselves Christians um, or have, I don't know, that they they buy things from Christian bookstores, right? Um, or they read the Bible, or they buy Christian books, or they watch Christian movies. They're very fond of the Christian adjective, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'd be described in that way. Yeah. But I do think that what will happen in your life is that if you prioritize, if you prioritize love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then that is going to create boundaries in and of itself. Yeah. Like if you are in a group of people and someone who is, I don't know, who's who looks funny or is dressed weird or I don't know, somebody who's off the wall and somebody you don't know and, and people within the group start just ripping on that person, then I think if you have an, an ethic of love or if you're driven by love that, you know, th- there's several different levels here. I mean, you know, certainly you're probably not joining in with that, but maybe at some level you could find some creative way to get people to realize that, you know, maybe ripping on people like that isn't the best right. thing to do. Or, or, or maybe you, you recognize that what's going on here is that the people in your group have some insecurity and mm-hmm. somehow they're just trying to make themselves feel a little bit better yeah. by turning the focus away from them onto somebody else. So I, I think that you're right that our internally what's driving us can almost without us trying will can create boundaries in our lives to go back to pickleball. If you have, if you're playing the number eight player, Right. In the country or in the world. Is the country or world? Well, country. Okay. In the country, in the U.S. of A, um, tomorrow morning. But I'm like, Roman, dude, we're going out tonight. We're go. We're getting wild. We're going to be out all night long. You're going to be like, Brad, I'm playing the number eight pickleball <laughs> player in the world tomorrow morning. I got to have my – I got to come with my A game. Yeah. I got to get eight hours of shut eye. I am – you know, <laughs> we are not – I'm not doing it. You yeah. go, you go crazy. Maybe yeah. your wife lets you go and stay out all night. My wife doesn't. Right, no. Right, so th- th- you, would cr- you would have created a boundary there because of what's important to you. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think that that's okay when we do that. That's good. That's using wisdom. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And it might even hurt, maybe it'll hurt my feelings because I really wanted to go crazy yeah. on a Tuesday night, man. Sorry, Before Brett. Thanksgiving. Got the club going up on a Tuesday. That's a Drake song. Can I make a Drake reference? I, you can make whatever reference you want. You've made a pickleball reference. Well, We've made like, several pickleball it's references. Like Drake and Mac. I'm probably not even saying his name right. Anyway, but yeah, no, absolutely. I, 
and and what I kind of like one of the things I kind of want to go back to within that is that I don't always prioritize my relationship with God. And I think that prior and and yet I mean this is this is getting very I don't know. Um I would probably say most of our audience are, would, are Christians. Yeah, you you hit it churchy, and then I'm a, I'll come back and I'll translate for, for the Good. rest of Good. everybody. Um, and and so I don't I don't always prioritize my relationship with God. In all honesty, like probably like I'd like to say that it's it's like sixty forty maybe like maybe a little bit more than that some days, probably a little bit less than that some days, and. And so that, that creates like a separation or a boundary, um, in, in like how yet again, my, my priority list or, or, or even, um, you know, at times my, my interests or intentions or, you know, even the way I go about my relationships, um, you know, we're talking about love and forgiveness within that. And, and, and I think that that sometimes boils down to like, I, I either feel like I'm all in or I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Um, kind of like I was talking about at the beginning was like, I'm either like, I'm really dedicated to this relationship or it's like cut off. See you later. Bye. I don't have time. And I will immediately say that, that that's not, it's not very rarely. Do I think that that's the best way to go? Is it sometimes necessary? Yes. Do I think that that's the best way to go on a regular basis? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you're, you're, so you're saying with relationships that you're either sort of all in with, and, and the way I'm going to maybe translate or try to approximate what you're trying to say about you know God being a priority, you mean being focused on uh, the spiritual elements to yeah. our existence, right? And that there is way more going on here than we can see. Oh, yeah. Particularly when we're talking about relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. And so being conscious of that, you know, where where you are spiritually, where they are spiritually, you know, what, what's going on that, that you can't see. Yeah. And, and like letting love be a priority mm -hmm. in those relationships. So all, all those kinds of things. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's important that in those in those situations that maybe we don't just, you know, is, is there a way for us to be It'd be great if we were all in sort of 24 seven. Oh yeah. It'd be awesome. But there's the reality that we have good days and we have bad days. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, maybe somebody, as we talked about, maybe somebody slighted us yeah. because of the, I think you talked about the white elephant gift last time. Yeah. Right. Like there, there might be some, there's all sorts of factors, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. So let's, you know, I don't know that we're wrapping up, but we're sort of coming around the bin here. I want to get back to this, um, back to this cutting people off thing, right? Yeah. Because I do think that that, you know, can be an easy way out, I guess. Yeah. Right? Just like, oh, absolutely. Just like psh, mm -hmm. all right, done with them. Yeah. You're dead to me. It is easy because then I just, in my head, I don't have to deal with them anymore, you know? And, and, it it becomes this, you know, if if I don't have to deal with them anymore, then they're no longer a problem or can no longer be a problem or no longer really cause me grief. 
and I can just move on and put attention and time. Kind of like the the idea of the energy ball that I think that I probably didn't do a great job of explaining, but like it's like, okay, well, I no longer need to put any more energy into that, so I can take that energy and put it into something else that I find value in, which yeah. is... So here's, here's a scripture for you. How about this? This you know, sort of lend some credence to, to that, uh, Matthew seven, six, we keep going back to sermon on the Mount, right? Mm-hmm. Do not give to dogs. What is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under, uh, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. That's kind of a bizarre right. uh, part of the sermon on the Mount there. But I think one of the things that is saying is it's saying to use wisdom, Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's saying to use wisdom in terms of your efforts. I don't think we I don't know. I I would would you ever want to be seen as irretrievably lost? All right. No. Absolutely right? not. I don't think any of us would ever want to be seen as irretrievably lost. And so if the calling on us is to love people as we love ourselves, as we talked about last week in this forgiving flow of, of God, you know, providing forgiveness and mercy for us and in turn us providing forgiveness and mercy to others. I think we always need to pause before we put somebody in an irretrievably lost category yeah. or, or a dead to me category. It's kind of going back to what I said earlier about with boundaries, like let's start with distrusting them Mm -hmm. or let let's start with you know sort of using the most uh limited boundaries it's like this is this is a legal analogy but when you're doing uh when you're looking at the first amendment and constitutional uh interpretation whenever there are government restrictions on free speech they have to be just as narrowly tailored to use the the legal phrase there's they have to be just as narrowly tailored as possible to meet what the government end is. If it's a valid government uh, end, then you don't want to encroach upon that freedom. And I think with relationships, it's the same thing, is we want to have the ability to love people, to communicate with them, to interact with them. And so if, if we are unfortunately in a situation where we need to build up a boundary, we really have to use wisdom and and try to come up with the perhaps the the least significant boundary that will still do what it what we need it to do yeah to to help that situation hopefully move towards back towards uh trust and reconciliation and restoration Mm -hmm. but even if not so maybe it's maybe this person is is i mentioned last time calling the police maybe this person is doing time now right so there is a the state has put up a boundary between you and them yeah right so you know maybe there's some boundaries that need to be more permanent but i think we should always kind of question perhaps before i guess i'm telling that to you roman maybe (laughs) we want to try to question before we cut people off even though it might be easier just to not deal with them oh yeah but one of the things that I want to make sure that we say, and maybe this is just the minister in me, is that God is not like that. And and I think he he's I mean in the past already kind of made it pretty clear, but I'm I mean I'm going to use scripture, but I'm going to use like the message version because I like the way that it's sure. stated. Um, in Joel chapter two, this is twelve and thirteen. It says, "But there's also this. It's not too late." 
Um, come back to me and really mean it. Come fasting and weeping. Sorry for your sins. Change your life, not just your clothes. Come back to God, your God. And here's why. God is kind and merciful. He takes a deep breath, puts up with a lot. The most patient God is extravagant in love and always ready to cancel catastrophe. And I really like the way that that's worded, one, because it just sounds cool, but also like it's, it's, I don't know, it paints a pretty good picture. The idea of canceling catastrophe is, I, I like that thought. Yeah. Um, because I can absolutely be a catastrophe at times. Um, I can do, I can mess up this whole, I mean, I, I won't even like necessarily just say the whole Christian life, but just life in general. I can just, I can botch it. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that section of scripture that it's like, God puts up with so much. Um, he's good at it. He's really good at it. He's been doing it for a hot minute. You know, um, he doesn't do that, that whole, all right, cut off by, see you later thing. You, you, you continually have this, 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 this opportunity. I mean, Romans chapter eight, nothing can separate you from the love of God. That boundary does not exist. The love of God. There's no boundary between you and that love. Now, it may be difficult to feel it at times. It may be difficult to understand it at times, but it is always there. And probably one of those things that I don't pay attention to enough. Um, One of those things that I, you know, in my lack of wisdom and sometimes probably humility, understand that I need enough. And I you know, constantly wish that like, I should probably get like Romans eight tattooed somewhere on me so that I could see it. Um, because I, I think that I, I constantly need to be reminded as just a human that there is somebody who love, there is somebody, something, whatever you want to call God, right? Like that is, that is pursuing me, that has that desire that, that has, that has no boundary when it comes to his love, regardless. That's the whole, yeah. the, the the idea of that agape that we talked about. Um, the idea of the the forgiving, and then also being able to forget that. So there's there's no like awkward like, oh, you sin this many times, you sign that contract. Sorry, I can't do it. Like that doesn't exist. And and oh, it's it's a, it's a beautiful like seemingly just kind of like skimmed over message sometimes. That is so important to the life of anybody um, that I think should probably be, I'm not, not like pushed on people, but just like said more often. Um, and I don't know. I feel like maybe I got a little preachy right then, but I, that that idea excites me. Um, it's important. Well, the idea to be loved unconditionally and to be you know, for forgiveness for all of your mistakes and screw ups. Um, that's extremely compelling. That's powerful, Mm -hmm. right? The fact that, you know, God would love you right now, where you are, how you are, regardless of how your day went yeah, or, you know, how, how today is on the spectrum of whether you're all in or you're not all in, Mm -hmm. um, that is powerful. You know, Roman, it's interesting, You that passage in Joel and sort of what I was just saying about God, it sort of takes us in a direction where I think it's a completely, di- it's a completely different uh, train track. We're going to jump the tracks from relationships and move, um, like I said, in a different direction. But, you know, there are other depictions of God in Scripture, too. 
Sure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in the Old Testament, and some, you know, did not evoke that same sort of warm fuzziness, acceptance, oh, yeah. love, oh. mercy, grace. Uh, there are other ones, and and I think, you know, it would be helpful for us to focus on that for an entire episode and talk about um, these divine depictions of of violence, of anger, of wrath, mm-hmm. of and and to try to make sure. Because here's what I think: I think maybe one reason you were just saying when you said you got all preachy and ministry right sorry sorry <laughs> no you it. i'm not saying you did you said you did yeah but i mean i kind of i'm thinking maybe one reason why we don't fully embrace god more and we don't fully embrace that forgiveness that love and that a complete and total elimination of boundaries is that we don't completely trust it and maybe one of the reasons we don't completely trust it is because we're getting mixed messages from the scripture Hmm. and maybe even mixed messages from uh, the church and from our teachers and preachers and, and you know, the things that influence us and influence our thinking. So um, I think that might be a really good place to go next time to try to process that for the purpose of getting to exactly where you're talking about, where we can focus more and and trust that God is a God who th- there are no boundaries yeah. between God and between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 I'll say that that if there are boundaries, it's because I created the boundary. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, absolutely. And and yeah. that doesn't mean that we don't build walls and, right. and we can't block things or, or we mm-hmm. would even refuse to accept things. And that happens in relationships too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Um, and and I think that. This is a, a fitting way to wrap up th- this whole relationship section. Uh, I think that the understanding of uh, of where we're at with God and how his how he basically sort of I don't know I say manages, but like you know works the relationship with us is a is a good indicator of how potentially we should be able to do that with other people. Oh yeah, it certainly is an ideal and, and oh, yeah. something, you know, like we were saying before, you know, the ideal with forgiveness is total and complete reconciliation and in mm-hmm. the best of relationships that can happen even if it has to happen over time. Yeah. But with God, it's it's sort of like the divine doesn't have to go through that entire process. Now yeah we may need to go through a process. Back to your point about us throwing Mm. up our own barriers. Yeah. It may take a long time before we feel like we're worthy Mm -hmm. to, to be loved by God. That's a, it's a whole nother, uh, a whole nother. (laughs) I think with the word whole in another, that is another, a whole nother, because no- another's not a word. But it's that's how another. That's how I say it. Another whole another. A whole. N-U-T-H-E-R. That's exactly how I say it. Though I know it's it, it sounds. But if you were to put it on paper, it'd look horrible. It would look not right. Right. That that's a completely different animal. Oh yeah, right? sure, for okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. And okay. and so I'm gonna use that instead of a whole nother from now on. <laughs> right. I do that when I when I'll be typing something and I and I'll say it or I'll write it like I say it and I go wait a minute. 
that's not right at all. And so I have to go back and like reword it or it's like, I don't know how to spell a word. So I'll use a different one instead because I didn't know how to spell it. I do that when I'm texting all the time. Any, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting way, way, way well, off but somewhere. I, but I hope what we've done is given a few tools to folks who've made it through relationships 101 and love and forgiveness, uh, a few tools with this concept of boundaries yeah. to help people, um, you know, continue to let love rule relationships they have with other people to try to, to give forgiveness, to allow, to receive forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but then to also use wisdom in there. That's what I really think that I, I really feel strongly. That's where the boundaries come from. It comes from a place of wisdom. Sometimes they're going to be appropriate. Sometimes they're not going to be appropriate, but I, I think you should feel free to use boundaries yeah. where where you've come to the to the prayerful conclusion that that is the healthiest step yeah. in that relationship. And you know what? Talk to somebody else about it. You don't have to figure it out on your own. I will I will tell you this. One of the times when I'm most often to go uh, to my dad, mm-hmm. right, who has lo- lots of experience, tons of experience is when I'm in a boundary situation where I might feel some guilt about creating a boundary or I might be worried that I, you know, I'm not uh, reflecting God by creating a boundary in a certain situation. Yeah. And that's where it's so helpful to talk to somebody you know, who's, who's been in their you know, 30s or 40s or before, you know, or has, has, has dealt with similar situations and can say, no, you know what, that makes total sense in this situation for you to create that boundary. That's the right thing for you to do. That, I can tell you, that is like, you know, water, it's like cold water to somebody who's just dying of thirst. Yeah. When you, when somebody, when you can talk with somebody else, somebody who you respect, somebody who's a, a mentor, and, and they can confirm that your boundary is appropriate in a situation. Again, it's probably just their opinion, but it's their opinion through experience. Man, that's really helpful. So what I'm saying is that you don't have to go rogue on yeah. these boundaries. Like you can you can fold other people into your life and talk to them, talk to your spouse, talk to somebody close to you mm-hmm. about the right way to set these things up. Absolutely. And so, you know, as, as we start to wrap this up, I, I, I do want to say, one, um, I hope your Thanksgiving was fantastic. Um I, I, this should be coming out on the Friday after. Right. It um, hasn't happened yet, but in um, in podcast world, it will have happened for all of us. Right. I, I hope that you had all of the food that you wanted, and I hope that I ate so much that I had to go sit down and take a nap after, right. personally. I, 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 I Fingers crossed, I hope that's what happens. But regardless, um, thank you guys so much for... Um, you know, listening. Thank you so much for the feedback that you've given, the reviews that have been written. Um, if you guys would like to keep doing that, that's fantastic. It lo- we, we, we love it. it. It helps other people be able to see it. Um, the whole algorithm thing, however that works. Well, and pass it along too. If you, yeah. if you, I mean, you don't have to be obnoxious about it. Like, hey, you really need to forgive somebody. <laughs> so here's the forgiveness episode. You don't have to play it that way. But if you see, if there's a topic that you'd like to share, please do that. I love doing that with people. And yeah. I don't know if it's helpful or not i think sometimes maybe it is sometimes it's not but you know you never know right no unless you share it's always possible but but we do we appreciate you guys so much thank you for being with us this week we hope that your thanksgiving was fantastic and we look forward to seeing you guys next week um, when we're kind of talking about uh some divine violence and uh, maybe getting into that a little bit i think it's going to be really really fun 
Um, you guys have a wonderful and blessed day.